Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Dorian, and I want to welcome you to Highway to Scale, a podcast in which we explore the ins and outs of business success, and where we cover topics like validating business ideas, exploring different management styles, building products, launching them on the market, raising capital, and scaling your business. If this is your first time listening to Highway to Scale, here's a big fat welcome to our little community. And while we're getting to know each other, I want to ask you to click on that subscribe button and add us to your podcast playlist so you'll get notified when we publish new interviews. On the other hand, if you've been following us since the previous season, you know that we love and appreciate your support, so it's amazing to have you back with us as we explore new companies and their business strategies. In today's episode, I'm joined by Soren, who is the co-founder and CEO of Teamway a member-owned society where world-class tech professionals team up with bold companies to build the products and services of tomorrow. Teamway is the new way for companies to create, hire, and manage remote tech talent while creating fair opportunities for both the talent and the organizations. As for Soren, he is a seasoned entrepreneur who has spent the last decade building, launching, and scaling products and services in Scandinavia, Asia, and the Silicon Valley. In this podcast, Soren will tell us more about the way he sees the future of work, why a great team is a key aspect of achieving success, and what are the benefits of building a member-owned business. So let's cut the intro and let's jump right into the episode to see what Soren can teach us about building a business. Soren, it's so great to have you on Highway to Scale. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot for having me, Dorian. How are you? Doing good? I'm doing. I'm doing excellent. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's been a few busy months in the world of uh, of Teamway, but we are we have a pretty clear roadmap for the next twelve months now. After just finalizing our our, our latest funding round, so uh, so so yeah, I think I, I'm really really good. We've been grinding hard, but now uh, we have a very clear way um, and a clear roadmap for the next uh, for the next twelve months ahead. The sun is shining in, in Copenhagen as well. That uh, that rarely happens. <laughs> so uh, so so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm doing great. Thanks. So it's a win-win from all of the sides. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's start with the basics. Can you tell me a little bit more about your entrepreneurial beginnings? How did that come to come to life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think there's a lot of facets to 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 that, honestly. But I think, as with a lot of my sort of. Uh, um, fellow co-founders in the in this space, I think it, it goes way back for me as uh, as well. You know, I grew up uh, as sort of a railway uh, in a railway town in the middle of nowhere on a on a farm where mm-hmm. you essentially had to create all the fun yourself if anything ever were to happen. <laughs> uh, and at, at the same time, you know, I grew up with uh, with my parents who you know had regular uh, or traditional uh, jobs. My dad was a carpenter, and my mom. Uh, was mm-hmm. a was a nurse, but on the side they were always hustling, you know, buying old, yeah, yeah. torn down houses, building them up, and, and and selling them with a with a profit, and and essentially just seeing how they were always managing to to hustle on the side, create something out of nothing. I think it inspired me pretty early on. Um, my first business was actually with my dad. We were buying like these old mm-hmm. uh, tractors <laughs> uh, at the. Uh, I think that was at the age of uh, 12 or 13. So we were buying tractors and, and up, uh, upcycling them, uh, painting them, and then selling mm-hmm. them again with a, with a profit. 
that sort of led me to my next uh, sort of uh, business being like an, uh, an e-commerce shoe store that I opened when I was 15. I discovered eBay back then and we had this very particular sneaker that was popular in my area and I started buying that <laughs> in huge quantities and then started selling them uh, um, all over all over Denmark. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing and I got in, into a lot of trouble with the with the customs in, in Denmark <laughs> because I just wanted to get out there and this seemed like a great opportunity. So so yeah, I think for me it, it, it started really, really um, early on and it's been sort of my my uh, predominant uh, career path, path that has been uh, entrepreneurship Th that's amazing and that's something i also hear from a lot of my other guests they all started extremely early with some aspect of entrepreneurship yeah they maybe didn't have their own companies at the age of 15 but they all started with something small like mm -hmm. like you said starting with your dad selling tractors and then, you know, having your own little shoe store. This is something that, you know, really goes from guest to guest. All of you have that small aspect. Yeah, I started as a little kid. This is when that drive happened. You know, and I think once once that's embedded, once that's embedded in you, then you actually create something out of nothing. It never really leaves you. You know, you have that sense that you can actually, yeah. you can actually be a creator, right? And uh, and I think that, uh, that mm -hmm. embedded... Uh, <laughs> Uh, within me quite 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 early on in, in, in my life yeah because a, lo a lot of people are scared to start something because oh, i don't know i'm going to need lots and lots of money to to start a company or or something like that or i don't have any great ideas or the ideas are have are just you know copies of someone or someone else everybody is like I'm extremely scared to start something new just you know to dip the toes into just see how it goes Mm -hmm. it, it, exactly right and that's once you have that opportunity and you get out there and start building that's once when you realize that yes this is super hard but they but but you, you can probably build this something at least right and and i think having that experience early yeah, on yeah. has been really beneficial to a lot of the the other co-founders in the space that, uh, that 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 i know yeah 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 that's that's extremely amazing uh can you tell me a little bit more about teamway how did that story start yeah so so for me you know i'm a i'm, I'm a technologist you know i don't write code but i'm really passionate about how we utilize technology to build communities right that's sort of been the backbone of of my career and i started one of the first sort of personal crowdfunding platforms in uh, in europe back in 2010 scaled that and exited that mm -hmm. in 2015 and already back then you know community was sort of at the core of the platform i was building back then i then had like yep, three yep. four years in in in, in 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 silicon valley and then that's really when teamway started brewing for 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 me you know we kind of saw how the entire institution around employment was was changing quite rapidly, you know, and that was back in in seventeen, and yeah, today it's completely different, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but what we saw was essentially, you know, the fabric of the talent was uh, was uh, was changing, uh, and especially the independent talent. Right? We saw more and more uh, professionals and the top professionals out there going independent as a way for them to to have more sort of choice, uh, more flexibility more ownership of their own uh, careers. And at the same time, we saw companies started starting to build, you know, fully remote companies uh, and uh, and building on a more sort of elastic model where they would build around a, a sort of core uh, team and then have like an, ex an elastic team uh, formed uh, around that mm -hmm. core team, right? And that yeah, transformation yeah. already started happening back in 16 and, and, and 17. That really sort of... Uh, uh, sparked an interest with uh, with me started observing the uh, the uh, the the space 
And then uh, I had a few discussions with my now co-founder, uh, Christian Kongstedt, who's uh, yeah, a genius uh, uh, developer. He was a former uh, chief developer at Danske Bank, one of the largest financial institutions in the, here in the Nordics. We're childhood friends. Mm-hmm. We went to boarding school together. We know each other forever. And we kind of always had the notion that we, we were eventually going to be builders uh, together. Christian is uh, sort of the... the I'm the dreamer in the context of a uh, teamway. Christian is very much the, the craftsman, right? And I think we, we complement each other really well. Mm-hmm. But we started talking about this, uh, this space when I was still in, in, in San Francisco. And I, I came back from, uh, from, from SF and we essentially just started, started building. We didn't initially start building teamway. We actually started building a few other projects. But we chose the team first. We knew that we would mm-hmm. you know, eventually complement each other. We had great trust in each other and belief in each other. So we just started building, right? Initially, we actually started out building like a, a community-led sort of mobile game that then turned into mm-hmm. an ad network. And as we worked our way into this process, we really realized like how challenging it was for us to to compose entire teams of freelancers that could help us with the with this uh, project. Then led yeah. to that led to sort of more uh, uh, market research, and then we also realized you know that a lot of the freelance talent out there they're just getting screwed over by the existing marketplaces and networks out there none of them are you know truly free they don't get any sort of rewards for contributing to the network effects of those networks or marketplaces mm-hmm. they don't have any governing rights there's very very little transparency around the value chain so no one knows True. who earns what went so we can't really hold each other accountable and it's very much based on competition instead of collaboration so that's really where we started thinking, okay, there's actually a chance for us to introduce a truly community-led model, uh, one that would enable uh, talents to, to own the network that they are, that they are part of, and, one, uh, and a model that would yeah, make it super easy for modern companies to build out remote-first um, dream teams of, of these tech talent, right? So that's really uh, how we started uh, Teamway. And since then, uh, you know, we've sort of iterated along the way until, uh, you know, to, to the point where we, where we are today, yeah. Your your company is extremely young. Uh, what would you let's say you know single out as some of the major milestones that you have already achieved? What are, what are some of the ma- major milestones? That's really hard, right? Because we we've been up and running now mm. officially for uh, like seven, sixteen, sixteen months now, and, and it feels like sixteen years, uh, right? So much has yeah. happened since yeah. we since since we founded the uh, the the company. But I think there's there's a few things, right? That's Getting the start old, of life, yeah. You know, getting the first member onto the onto the network, getting the first customer onto the network as well, making our first uh, hire, landing our first investment uh, round, getting our first PR mm-hmm. uh, uh, features. You know, there's so many small milestones that I can't really sort of I can't really nail it down to to just one uh, that that would stand out. It's just a con- continuous um, sort of stream of uh, of of, uh, of great milestones uh, along the in, along along the way. All of those small wins that continuously push you forward. Exactly. That's amazing exactly. to have, you know, in, in a in a in a team in a young company such as yours. Exactly. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, let's say, some of the major goals that you wish to achieve with mm-hmm. Teamway? What is the you know what is the North Star that you're chasing? The, the North Star is essentially you know becoming the the first truly decentralized tech society, you know, for tech freelancers mm-hmm. and modern companies, uh, right? So that's really what we are striving towards. And part of that is essentially having all stakeholders becoming uh, owners of the of the network, right? So that's what we're working on um, right now. Once you become part of the Teamway uh, uh, network, you know, you go through a screening process, then you become part of the network. 
once you're part of the network, you can earn ownership of the network by making network contributions, right? So if you contribute to the success mm -hmm. of the network, either by referring talent, referring a client, screening talent, uh, being a, a mentor for others or taking part in the educational tracks that we have, so educating yourself, that all earns you tokens. Those tokens give you governing rights, it gives you access to benefits, and it gives you a... Um, a, a part of the financial upside of the of the network as well. So we're truly decentralizing mm -hmm. the, um, the, uh, the 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 T-way network, building a, a sort of a new type of uh, of network that we that we coin a sort of a tech society, right? So that is really where we are, where we're going uh, with the with the with the with the with Teamway. We, we sort of built the first version of uh, of Teamway, and we are now ready to to, to launch the um, the uh, the new one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what will be some of the next steps? What will be some of the you know, new features, let's call them, that you wish to, yeah. that you wish to influence. If you can, if you if you can share, of course. I, I can I can share some of it, right? Uh, today we are, of course, uh, acknowledging all the early contributors to the to the network by giving them uh, impact points. That's sort of our own, own currency right now. Uh, and then later this year, we are we're hoping to roll out the uh, the the actual token. The next step in that that is launching our um, and releasing our our tokenomics along with the with the white paper. So mm -hmm. we know we'll do that in in Q3. Yeah, there's a lot of people waiting for that. So we're really really excited to be to be to to be able to share that in in a few months' uh, time. Uh, but that's going to give a lot more insights into how the uh, tokenomics is going to uh, to work and how we think about token allocation. And if we switch the story to companies, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of benefits do they get from your platform? Access, right? So they get access to world-class uh, uh, professionals that have already been vetted, right? So they save a ton of time mm -hmm. uh, in the in the interview um, process. They get a chance to build dream teams, not from local talent, but from a global talent pool. At the same time, you know, they, uh, they can build super flexible teams that can be scaled up and down as needed and everything is legally compliant, right? So we handle all the legal aspects for them. We make sure that the payments are, are running through the platform as, uh, as well. So we remove the legal burden of, uh, of managing remote uh, talent as, um, as, um, as, as well. That's really what we are what we're doing for the, for the, for the clients uh, out there. When you mentioned that, that legal aspect, uh, is this something that is, you know, universally the same i mean globally globally the same or are there some you know specifics depending on the countries i mean yeah, yeah. there must be a lot of difficulties in handling that aspect yeah yeah it it, it, it requires quite a big sort of legal framework and uh, and and, and set up some of it we solve ourselves some of it we solve with them with the with, with partners right but the, you're absolutely right since working remotely is still a relatively sort of new um, uh, domain there's a lot of sort of legal implications that has to be to be to be sorted this the good thing is that there's a lot of uh, uh, service providers out there working on solving that challenge right now we're partnering up with some of them and the rest of it uh, we are we're managing um, ourselves so that's really how we how we've gone about it build some of it uh, internally ourselves and then the the remaining parts that we can't handle we essentially just uh, yeah, partner up with the with the, some trusted um, yeah, partners in the space when people talk about platforms similar to yours they always, you know, stress out TopTel as, you know, the biggest and the most popular one. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you say that differentiates you from some of the competitors? What makes you better? What makes you stand out on the market? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but first of all, I think TopTel has, has done an incredible job. You know, they were sort of pioneering this uh, this uh, this space uh, initially. But I think from from our perspective, it's all about uh, uh, alignment of incentives, 
fairness and ownership, mm -hmm. right? So again, for the first time, you actually get rewarded for contributing to the network effects of the of the network that you are part of as a as a talent. You have full transparency. You have ridiculously low rates that we can keep super low uh, because we decentralize a lot of the processes in the in the network. Hence, you end up earning more, right? So that's a really mm -hmm. really big benefit for the for the talent. On the client side, you know, we vet our our talent uh, rigorously, and at the same time, the markup is is super low, so their budgets can go longer, right? So that's part of the benefits of making a decentralized model. Is essentially lower markups, better alignment of incentives and ownership to the to the talent. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about numbers? Uh, can you share some, let's say, the number of users, the some number of freelancers that are active on your platform now? And yeah, so, what are some of your future goals? Yeah, so cur currently we've passed uh, 550 vetted members in the in the in the network. With Teamway, right. uh, it's going to take uh, you know we, we take our time, right? We get mm -hmm. thousands of applications monthly, monthly, uh, but we only you know we only let through the uh, the, uh, the the best. So right now we have mm -hmm. 550 plus members from 59 uh, countries, still predominantly from uh, from uh, from uh, from from Europe. So that's where we are uh, right now. On the client side, we have 60 plus uh, clients uh, plugged into the network from seven different uh, countries, spanning from you know uh, major enterprises like uh, uh, IKEA, uh, very sure uh, Ala, to really exciting up and coming scale ups like. Uh, like a, a layerized talent hub, etc. Et mm -hmm. So, so, so that's really that's really where we are on the uh, on the on the numbers uh, side. Great, great. So, what would be some of your activities that can help you, you know, grow even more when it comes to partners, companies that you that you're working with? What have been some of the you know best best practices? It, it's really you know about being community led. You know, all of our customers, you know, uh, they've come in through the power of the community. Right. Again, by rewarding members for bringing on board uh, outside clients to the network and benefiting from doing so themselves has really been an amazing driver of the increased revenue for us and increased opportunity for the network. We don't have a sales force in the US. We don't have a sales mm -hmm. force in, in Germany. We don't have a sales force in, in Spain, yet we have clients all those places, right? And that's simply because we have a globally distributed talent community that brings on board uh, clients from, from all over the world. Um, same thing goes on the on the talent side. You no know, talent attracts talent. Right? We reward yep, our, our yep. we essentially reward our members for bringing on board more talented members. You know they get more points and they also get parts of their their earnings. Right. So that is that is really how we've gone about it. We always think about being community led first as a way to get the flywheel running. Then we look, in, look into the more sort of traditional channels of uh, performance marketing, what have you, right? Uh, but we are always being community-led first, and that's kind of our north star when thinking about uh, uh, our our growth. That's really how we build the network effects in the in the Teamway um, uh, network. All mm. of this is obviously that's going amazing. to be going to be um, accelerated once we do the token rollout, right? That's really when we're going to see all of these mechanics uh, uh, come into to, to 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 full force, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, people always say that, you know, referrals are the best way to get new partners and new clients and new users onto the platform. And you're basically maximizing that effect. It, 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 exactly right. Um, and, and we do so by, by giving um, a ton of benefits to both uh, clients and, uh, and, uh, and, and talents uh, when, when we're doing this, right? When you make referrals, you earn ownership of the network. And like, that is really the, the radical innovation that we're bringing to the market, you know, really having this uh, community-led and, uh, and member-owned uh, uh, network. When we talk about the industry that you're in, uh, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges 
that you know you'll have to tackle in order to grow your company even faster? Uh, I think I think there's a lot, right? But we're in this amazing uh, domain that has to do with people, right? That's I love working with the people. I love working with a lot of people at, mm-hmm. at, at massive scale. But here, you know, that's really what we're doing. When you're connecting people with with companies, you know, there's always going to be a lot of uh, uncertainty because humans are complex uh, beings, right? Which yeah, is what yeah, yeah. makes it all, makes us all uh, uh, amazing and and inspiring to 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 to, to work with. But that's also uh, gives you uncertainty, right? So you need super, super streamlined uh, processes. You need a ton of automation in, to- in, in order for this to uh, to uh, succeed. You need to figure out how to deal with any uh, potential disputes. Um, you need to make sure that yeah, incentives are aligned and people are buying into your to, into your vision at at scale across culture across various different cultures as well. You know, for, so because keep in mind, you know, we work with talent from fifty nine different countries, right? So they have different mm-hmm. ways of perceiving this space so you need to be almost universally clear in how you communicate your your offering how you run your business how you communicate your code of conduct uh, so that's 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 some of the things that uh, that i think uh, you know that that is obviously key when we're running a, a, a business in this in this industry at the same time you know quality is uh, is key and again we're working with humans here, so there's going to be variations. Uh, so you need to, yep, to yep. define a, a very sort of uh, high level of, uh, of, uh, of of quality and be super consistent to, uh, to 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 that, right? So no matter how much demand or supply you have, you just got to make sure that you stick to the quality of the of the of the members uh, of the talent that you uh, that you that you work with. Same thing goes for the uh, for the for the client side. You know, if you want to do something for everyone, you end up doing nothing, right? So 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 that's also pretty important that you that you focus your yeah, efforts yeah. on the clients that you where you know you can actually uh, provide value and clients that are a good fit. You know, in our case, that are that that's clients that are already running somewhat of a hybrid or remote model, so they already have the infrastructure to to support that. And they are comfortable running an entirely platform-enabled hiring experience, right? So with Teamway, everything is automated. So essentially, you just go to the platform, you create your team, you define the team roles, and then the matching engine does its magic. You set up interviews, you, uh, you chat, you negotiate, you sign contracts, all happening automatically through the platform. And that process is not for everyone. It saves so many companies so much time, but you also got to be accustomed to that kind of, uh, of, mm-hmm. of, of hiring or, 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 or platform, right? So what would be, you know, uh, what would be some kind of feedback that you received from the companies that were using your platform? Did their mindset change about the way they hire people, you know, the the old way, the traditional way versus through your platform? Yeah, I think it, it definitely. And that's been sort of, that's been, yeah, that's part of what, what uh, keeps us going every single day. You know, it's hearing the feedback and seeing how we actually both provide incredible opportunities for the talent and really make a difference for the, for the, for the clients out there. They, you know, with the Teamway platform, their hiring experience is just becoming so much more efficient, right? They don't have like endless uh, mm. PDF CVs being sent back and forth or, or an external recruiter calling them, sending them a few profiles here and there. It's just a streamlined, automated uh, hiring experience. You know, that's one thing, you know, so speed is crucial. The second thing is transparency. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the value chain. And that's, this may sound simple. But this is being brought to an industry where there's basically been no transparency. So everyone knows what the teamway yeah, markup is. Yeah. 
the talent knows exactly what we earn. They know what the, the client pays. And this is so simple, right? Uh, but, but yet in this industry, it's pretty radical. So it's speed, it's transparency. And then again, as mentioned before, it's just access. The fact that you can now build a dream team from global talent instead of having a tiny local talent pool is just, just such a game changer, right? Especially when we're removing the friction of the legal burden and, uh, and vetting that talent, you know, then that, that, that makes a pretty uh, interesting value proposition for a lot of the companies out there. Yeah, that, that has always been one of the major difficulties because young startups, they usually have one person in HR who handles all of the things, or maybe they don't even have an HR and the CEO is doing all of the things. And now they have to, you know, uh, research how to hire someone from, you know, Asia or US and they're based in Europe. What kind of laws they, you know, have going on for them? What kind of laws prevent them from doing that? Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, those simple, you know, as they say, you know, that little gray text that nobody reads, that's a lot of that in that entire process. And this is basically like a one-click action. Okay, exactly. I need a top-level top, top level development team. Okay, these people look great. They have been pre-vetted. You know they are top-level. I'm going to get them. Everything is done within, within Teamway. Exactly, exactly right. And uh, right now, you know, we also communicate the fact that we have um, aligned incentives so that our talent, they are super motivated to, to stay part of the network and do great work for, for the clients because they earn more tokens when they get great reviews and when they, than when they work longer yeah. for, the, for, the, for the clients as well. And they understand that, you know, if you have aligned incentives, you create a better work environment, you get more motivated to talent. Right, so that's uh, that that that's part of what they what they what they buy into as um, as um, as well. When we talk about the entire industry, I mean uh, the entire workforce. Uh, I mean, I know that you've seen the entire story about the Great Resignation, and as you know, COVID shifted a lot of people to remote work. A lot of them went freelance. Uh, what do you see as some of the next steps that will be that will be happening? Do you see the majority of people going? freelance at some part of, or the or the other mm. in the next in the next year or so in the next couple of years let's say yeah, yeah. D definitely you know we're essentially going from from owned talent talent to to independent talent right uh, but i also think that a lot of the independent talent out there and the new freelancers they want to work independently but not alone right and i think that's mm -hmm. going to be key right so you essentially want to take part in a network or in a community with uh, with your with, with your peers where you can get access to those benefits where you can get ownership of, uh, of of the network that you are that you are that you are part of, and that's really what the whole sort of um, transformation we're seeing around the ownership economy, obviously fueled a lot by blockchain technology, which we are of course pursuing now with the tokenization of the network as um, as uh, as uh, as well. So I think you know freelancing is becoming the normal, and what we are seeing is also you know the eradication of the gig economy right a gig is something you can do mm -hmm. on the on the side it's very short-term projects and that's really not what we are seeing anymore like it's essentially more about long-term full-time uh, independent uh, uh, sort of uh, contracts right so 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 so, so long-term mm -hmm. freelance uh, freelance roles not so much the uh, 10-hour uh, 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 job yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and, and there, right? That's really the, the, the massive transformation. And as an example, you know, on Upwork, the, uh, the average project size is $690. Uh, on, uh, on Teamway, it's $72,000, right? So that, that sort of goes to show wow, the, the difference and, and what we are moving towards mm -hmm. now. This is becoming a, not your side gig anymore or a side hustle. This is just work, 
right? Uh, and, and and how yeah. we're going to p- perceive it going uh, going uh, going forward. And I think that a lot of the companies out there, you know, they're going to downsize and have like a super strong core team that can then be strategically be expanded with the with all of this incredible independent talent uh, out there. Yeah, because through your platform, you have access to, as you said, global talent. You are not limited to, to one country. You can really, you know, cherry pick the best of the best if you need them. Exactly, exactly, right. And having that flexibility, being able to monitor your overhead in that way, is just, it, it's such a strong um, uh, competitive edge uh, for, for, the, for the modern companies out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me ask you, how does your company, you know, uh, work in that regard? Uh, what does your team look like? Yeah, so we we of course fully distributed, fully remote company ourselves. You know, we we got to drink our own champagne, uh, uh, so to say. So we uh, <laughs> we we work out of uh, seven different countries. You know, from Copenhagen to Berlin to Warsaw to Lisbon to uh, Kaunas to Malmo. You know, we are we are fully distributed. So we are a remote company ourselves. We work a lot with the members on the platform as um, as uh, as as well for branding assets for core platform development mm-hmm. as, uh, as well. So we are running uh, that type of organization our, 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 ourselves. Yeah. We've been uh, fully remote from, uh, from, from day one. So this is by design. And I think, of course, that's, that's given us a great advantage, you know, in setting up those frameworks early yep. on, creating that culture early on as well, instead of having to make the, the transition, which has been a, a struggle for a lot of the companies uh, out there. So this is how we operate. We don't know anything else, which makes it a lot easier. Right, and uh, and mm-hmm. I think we are, and I think we're thriving. So, what kind of people do you hire the most? What kind of experts? In the in the core team? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so right now, you know, I think our, our our product and engineering team is the is the biggest. But we also, you know, we have a head of community. We have a head of talent managing the uh, the screening pipeline as well. We have a head of commercial. We have a sales lead uh, on board as uh, well. We have graphic design. You know, so we essentially have. Mm-hmm. All of the pillars we need to run uh, an organization at the at the at the scale that we're at right now. We uh, have a pretty aggressive hiring pipeline, so we're adding more people to the product and engineering team, and especially on the uh, Web three and, uh, and blockchain uh, track. So that's sort of the immediate hires that we are now uh, that we are now closing. Great, great. When it comes to you as a as a founder, uh, what are you currently focused on the most? I, I kind of still feel like I'm, a, I'm, I'm an octopus and that it changes all the time, depending <laughs> on the needs of, uh, of the employees and the, and the company as a whole. You know, if you had asked me uh, one or two months ago, then fundraising was the number one thing. Right now, not so much because we've completed our, our mm-hmm. latest uh, uh, round. So right now, it's more about uh, establishing clarity uh, and, uh, and um, you know, making sure that we all you know, move in the same direction. It sounds so simple and it sounds a little bit of a cliche, but uh, but when you have so many moving tracks, that's just absolutely key. When you work remotely, that's absolutely key, right? You got to make sure that you over-communicate and everyone is on board with the vision and that we work yep. towards yep. the same goals. I think that's essentially my primary task right now as a, as a, as a founder. It's clarity and it's uh, it's also hiring, right? I'm heavily involved in, in our hiring for, for, our, for, our, for our core team as, um, as well. And now that we've completed the fundraising, I think that the last part is essentially just being the spokesperson of a, of, a, of Teamway, you know, representing the the, net, the network uh, out there, uh, talking with you, uh, attending uh, various conferences, mm-hmm. interviews, etc. Right, that's going to be part of it as well for the next uh, for the next couple of months leading up to the uh, to the to the launch that we are doing in in mid August. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say would be some of the let's say biggest successes or biggest failures that shaped you as a leader? that shaped your management style? Hmm. I think, you know, 
Do you know what? I think I don't have that one um, that one moment or that one experience um, uh, because I think you you know you again it sounds a little bit like a cliche, but you do learn every single day, and it's just a matter of of mm-hmm. failing and failing and failing and failing and failing and failing <laughs> and failing, and essentially by then you know just learning by by doing. That's at least how I operate and how I uh, educate myself the uh, the, um, the 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 best. But uh, but saying that, you know, I can probably think of one thing that I've that I've learned a lot uh, related to to structure and uh, and frameworks and clear processes um, during my the, my first uh, startup, um, my first sort of serious startup. Let's call it that. It was not the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, tractor business. It was the uh, the uh, the uh, crowdfunding platform I was uh, I was running. Mm-hmm. I think. As a leader, I've always had like almost blind faith in uh, in my uh, in my uh, employees. I, I lead with trust, right? but mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, I think I neglected uh, as a twenty one year old founder the need for clear frameworks uh, and, uh, and and processes, right? So so that sort of became too unstructured, uh, and we needed uh, clearer frameworks just as a way for people to thrive, right? Sometimes you need you know. A little bit of guidance and some some frameworks to do your best job. That doesn't mean you don't have freedom or that you don't have trust. And that's something I had to learn uh, my, my myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I appreciate more uh, now as a, as a founder and also as a founder. That's probably more sort of on the chaotic side or that thrives in the, mm-hmm. in chaos. But I do have my counterpart, Christian, my co-founder, who's way more pragmatic and then organized. And in that way, you know, we sort of uh, we, we 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 make it work in a in a, in a super efficient uh, manner. Tell me tell me a little bit more about your relationship with Christian. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain that great relationship that keeps the company afloat and keeps the company growing? Yeah, uh, I think we're going to start up by by sort of saying that you know I would never recommend being a solo founder. Like you know what I, I've tried mm-hmm. that myself, and essentially you know you you celebrate the successes with your. Uh, with your employees or who you ha- whoever you have uh, around you, but as a founder, it's just a, it's a little bit different, right? It gets quite lonely. I think a lot of founders can relate yeah. to 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 that. So we essentially want someone to truly share their successes with, and also, and more importantly, all the all the failures or learnings as um, as uh, as well. So I would never recommend that. I've been mm-hmm. there, done that. I'm never going back to to being a solo uh, uh, founder. <laughs> But I think in, in terms of uh, finding a co-founder and uh, taking that leap of faith, you know, that's what it's like in any relationship, whether that being a romantic relationship or a professional relationship, you know, you just got to have faith in the fact that this could potentially work out and it could potentially also not work out. And that's okay. You know, that's what it's like with uh, with relationships. Um, but then I think, of course, that's, um, you can do uh, you can do some work in a, in, a, in advance. I think it's uh, it makes it easier if you have you know, deep trust uh, with this uh, person. If you've known each other for for a while, uh, maybe you've even known each other in a professional sort of uh, setting as, as well. Uh, then, of course, that makes it easier. But you just have to, you know, have faith and uh, and uh, and and go for it. Uh, essentially, I feel like that's what it's like with, with any relationship we we uh, we uh, we engage with. And I think the upside of ending up in a great co-founding sort of relationship is uh, is so far bigger than uh, than going solo. Right. So so. That's, mm-hmm. that's at least how I would uh, think about it. Yeah, I, I love that mindset because you continue to, you know, uh, stress out the importance of trust, the importance of transparency, not just in the relationship between the, you know, you and your co-founder, you and the people that you hired. And of course, your entire platform is based around trust and transparency. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the culture that you're building within Teamway. Mm-hmm. You as a founder of a remote first company, 
Mm-hmm. How do you ensure that you know the culture is being built and the culture is being promoted? Yeah, I think it starts with the with the founding team, right? So how do we communicate? What what are what is our shared values, right? And I think both me and Christian, you know, we we have great belief in the people around us. You know, we people think we generally think that people by default are, are great, you know, and that they that's it's mm-hmm. a matter of, of giving them the resources uh, they need to uh, to, uh, to 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 thrive. So we both both lead with trust and uh, and transparency. And in terms of uh, in terms of the team, my core team, then as you mentioned, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, we're fully remote uh, company, so we have some some clear frameworks that we need to follow to make sure that we are we are up to date and also feel, feel like that we have a sense of a, mm-hmm. a sense of a connection. So so just to go through some of the the uh, the the um, sort of the meetings and the structures that we have in a, in a normal week, you know, on on Mondays we just share briefly what we've been up to in the in the in the weekend. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have our daily stand-ups on friday we have a reflection round so essentially mm-hmm. sharing the ups and downs from the week and that can be on a personal note as uh, as well and then bi-weekly we do a game or an event that we uh, that we um, you know co-host so that's typically how we uh, mm-hmm. how we go about it and then of course we have all the tooling to to to, to help us stay on top of uh, all the communication streams so we use monday for project management slack of course for 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 for, for day-to-day uh, uh, communication uh, conference for documentation so so i think that's really a way that we've managed to to feel connected uh, while working uh, mm-hmm. uh, remotely we're also doing offsites every every fourth month we're actually doing one in two weeks uh, where we essentially fly the team to somewhere Great. nice and then have like a shared uh, experience and essentially create meaningful and long-lasting memories together as a team not so much strategy work essentially just hanging out because we don't get to do that on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis so that's essentially how we you know uh, allocate our office costs you know that's essentially just meeting up somewhere incredible uh, for three four times in, in a year and then uh, creating those memories to, to to together in terms of the the network you know that's uh, looking at that as, as a business then that's a uh, almost 600 people a, a business right so how do you communicate there mm-hmm. how do you create culture in a, in a in a network like that where you have people coming from 59 different um, different uh, countries for us it starts uh, with the very yep. first time you engage with teamway and you start the application process to to become part of the network there's a few videos where you get to know about the um, the, um, the 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 culture of teamway and what to expect. You need to sign the code of conduct. That's super important to us. And then after, then mm-hmm. essentially we just try to build in the open. You know, we communicate every single um, not of course daily on uh, on the shared uh, Slack that we have for the entire network. But we also do monthly town halls for the entire network. During the monthly town halls, we share what we've been working on in the core team. We share all numbers. So we are fully transparent on earnings, on the numbers that we've reached, on the team requests that we uh, that we have. All numbers are out there in the open with the community. And again, that sort of ties into us wanting to lead with transparency. We also share mm-hmm. some of the, um, the, um, the, the features that we are working on. We share the track around uh, tokenization of the network, even though it's not completed. We are building it together. And we're building in the open. Uh, at least that gives another sense of engagement and ownership in the community as well. Um, they are being heard yeah. and they yeah. feel like they're being heard. Right? So I think that it again it ties into uh, transparency and, um, and, uh, and leading with, uh, with, uh, with, with trust. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's an amazing mindset and that's an amazing approach, especially within the you know, tech industry, which has always been a bit of you know, clouded in secrecy. 
You don't really need to know how much someone else is making. You really don't need to know how much, you know, uh, some people are earning, some companies are earning. What's your cut? What's, you know, your percentage of shares that you're getting? Everything within the tech industry has always been like, hush, hush. You really don't need to. You just need to do your work and everything will be great. And don't ask questions about the other stuff. This is really refreshing to hear that other side. Yeah, I mean, we can be completely transparent and it can work and it can succeed and it can be better than, you know, the traditional ways of doing things. It's exactly right. And that's the, it really, it's really part of, you know, acknowledging all of the members, all of the clients, all of the talent that you have, you know, acknowledge them for contributing to the success of a network that you're building. If you want to acknowledge them, you also need to let them in on what you're actually working on and how we are progressing and, and of course, also rewarding them for taking part in, the, in, in building that, uh, that, uh, that network. Okay, Soren, uh, we've talked about your company, we've talked about you, we've talked about the industry. I want to talk a little bit about that financing round that you just closed. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the process? What kind of investors were you looking to attract? And what were some of the you know, insights that you can share about going through that funding round? Yeah, so um, just to, to backtrack a little bit, you know, we closed our first funding round back in December 2020. And that was led by Dreamcraft Ventures out of uh, Copenhagen, an incredible early stage uh, venture fund. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had a, an incredible relationship with, uh, with them. But as we carved out the, uh, the vision for, for, for Teamway and the upcoming tokenization of the network, we also knew that we needed additional resources in the extended team around us within Web3 and, and blockchain technology. So that's really, mm -hmm. that was really our, 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 our focus. So we, we decided to do a, a strategic pre-seed extension as a way for us to close the gap uh, around Web3 in, in, the, in the core team and of course also extend our runway as a way for us to prepare the white paper, prepare the tokenomics uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and get some of the, the, um, the, uh, the network effects uh, up, and, uh, up and running. Um, so that's really how we went to uh, how we went to uh, to market. We did that in late uh, February, and in terms of the mm -hmm. approach, you know, we made a, a list essentially of the uh, of the tier one investors out there that we wanted to uh, engage with. Luckily, we got calls with okay. uh, with 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 most of them, um, to our surprise, actually. Uh, but we <laughs> we got we we got we got in the, in all of those calls and started you know getting getting feedback on the uh, on the model and. I think a lot of uh, other founders that have run similar processes, uh, they, you know, if you take it all in, you also end up getting really, really confused, right? So you need to make sure yeah, that you've heard yeah. the same type of feedback at least five times before you really start thinking long and uh, and, uh, and and hard about it, right? Because otherwise you're going to mm -hmm. get even more confused than you were uh, when starting up the, uh, the, 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 <laughs> true, the, the, the process, right? And then, of course, it essentially stick to your guts uh, as, you, uh, as, you, as, you, as you go along. Um, but yeah, we started narrowing it, uh, it, it down. We had a few different deals on the table uh, after yeah, six, weeks, six to seven weeks, both like a, doing like a, a full uh, seed round uh, and then doing a strategic pre-seed extension with world-class uh, Web3 uh, investors. And we decided to, to mm -hmm. pursue the, uh, the, the latter. We um, uh, we landed uh, a deal with I can't mention their name uh, yet, unfortunately. Uh, depends on when this airs. Of course, of course. Uh, but uh, but so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it safe now. Sorry, and uh, not mention their name, but I can say <laughs> okay. that they are, you know, world class uh, Web three investors from from the US. They are some of the early investors in Polygon, in Consensus, in Circle, in Sky Mavis. Uh, 
they're essentially yeah helping us build out the uh, the tokenomics and the and the white paper Amazing. our existing uh, investors dreamcraft of course joining the the round as uh, as um, as well and then we had two more uh, smaller ticket vcs joining as uh, as well unfortunately i'm not allowed to to mention them yet but uh, but but that's essentially what we what we ended up with. Um, so so yeah, we we landed a really really good spot. But but it, it is you know it is super super time consuming. Not only does it take a long time, you know, it's six six to to eight weeks of full on uh, focus. Mm-hmm. It removes your focus from the day to day operations. And if you do both, then you start overworking yourself and you have the <laughs> the uh, the risk of reaching a, a burnout. Route. So so it's really really important that you align yep. with your team. In terms of expectations for the next uh, month or so, that this is going to be your primary focus. You make sure to 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 uh, you know to to loop them into the process. So that, again, it doesn't become a lonely uh, experience. Mm. Share the feedback, uh, allocate the resources accordingly. Now that you don't have the same uh, amount of time as you did before, I think that will be some of my uh, some of my uh, learnings. Um, so yeah, don't listen to all the feedback but listen to it once it starts becoming uh, consistent <laughs> align expectations with the uh, with the team and make sure to allocate resources uh, accordingly right that's really the my my, my key takeaways yep, yep. uh, i think because honestly i thought it was, it was super tough you know it's a tough process and it takes a lot of time and i i needed uh, <laughs> a few days of break once we uh, we had the funding uh, <laughs> completed but it um, yeah it was also a great experience you know and getting out there talking to Incredible investors and super super smart people who who challenges you and makes you think in in, in new ways. It's, a, it's such a great learning experience, right? And every time we do it, we get smarter, better, stronger, faster. Uh, and uh, and uh, and yeah, uh, it's 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 always amazing to get investors who are not just giving you money, but also helping you reach that next stage of your company growth. Exactly. That's always you know when when you hear stories like that, it's like okay, yeah, that can be done. It's an amazing approach to to get to that level. Yeah, I'm not just getting tons of money from a, a VC that's not interested mm-hmm. in the company. It's just interested in getting their returns back. Exactly right. That's also where you need to, yeah, at least try as hard as possible to, to figure out whether you have sort of an alignment on expectations and, and values especially. Mm-hmm. Because I think for a lot of founders out there, it's super hard to know What's on the other side of the term sheet? You know, we've been incredibly fortunate first now with first with with Dreamcraft that are simply world class and 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 super hands on uh, with all of their with all of their uh, investments. But but you've also heard a lot of horror stories out there, you know, uh, from uh, from VCs uh, yeah, yeah. losing losing interest after one quarter where you didn't reach your your growth targets. You know, so 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 that's something where you need to. Align expectations, uh, do the beer test. Are these someone you could imagine yourself mm-hmm. uh, having a beer with or spending a lot of time with because you will uh, eventually, right? Um, so, um, so, 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 yeah, we, we took our time in terms of select, in terms of making the, the syndication, but uh, we're truly excited about uh, the people that we, that we brought on board. Soren, you started a couple of companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on bootstrapping? What are your thoughts on building a company, you know, with your own money? Yeah, so actually, when when starting out Teamwave, we we thought we were going to do it uh, bootstrapped, right? But we also realized, you know, that there's such a big market opportunity here. There's such an opportunity to provide mm-hmm. uh, better working conditions for so many people out there. And if we want to do that at massive and global scale, then we got to do it now because the yeah the institution of employment is simply changing so fast. So now is the time to build. And in order to build, you also sometimes need resources or at least, right? There's a lot of ways to, 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 to go about it. And I love 
uh, sort of the, the philosophy almost of, of, of bootstrapping, but, but in our case, it simply wasn't the right, uh, the right model. I've uh, had the fortune of working with, uh, with uh, Thomas Massen-Mückdal, who's built 23 out of Copenhagen as well, also fully bootstrapped mm-hmm. for the last 10 some years. Um, I know uh, Espen from Userflow really well. Him and Sebastian are building an incredible product, also fully bootstrapped as mm-hmm. well. And I admire it. Right? I think it. I think it's great. It leaves you with uh, a lot of control. You can sort of control your, your sort of your growth curve and growth targets your, your yourself and do it at a pace where you feel comfortable and maybe even have the time to build an even more solid um, offering. Right. So uh, so I admire the the uh, sort of bootstrapped uh, model. I think it's the right one in in a lot of cases, but in our case it didn't. It it was not in terms of the sort of the market that we are in mm. and the, the the impact that we need to to push for quite early on in our in our journey. I got just one extra question about, uh, you know, VCs and uh, getting funding. You mentioned partnering or getting investment from a U.S. fund. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell me what would be the differences between, you know, VC funds in the U.S. versus our European VC funds? Are they on the same level or do you see some major differences in the way they operate? Yeah, I think especially I think there's there's three things that comes to to mind. Of course, in terms of Web three and the and the blockchain domain, they're a little bit more sort of mature uh, on the on the US mm-hmm. market and the and the VCs we have operating there. The other thing is ceiling. Right, <laughs> there is somewhat of a ceiling still in terms of uh, unicorn plays and and how big can this be with the European uh, VCs. Mm-hmm. With the US VCs, there's no ceiling. Right, so it's essentially you know that that is that is the difference, and I think the last one is is speed. I think a lot has changed on the on the European VC scene in the last five years. Right, it's getting more and more sort of equal now, but uh, but the US mm-hmm. VCs are still acting uh, a lot faster. Right, they can write really aggressive checks really 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 fast. Right, yeah. So I still think there's somewhat of a difference uh, a difference uh, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that our European VCs are you know five years behind the US VCs, mm-hmm. and then we all are additional five years behind Silicon Valley VCs, you know, mm-hmm. th- those who are extremely focused on that tech aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I do, you know, and, and, and that's right. I don't know whether it's, whether it's, it's still true, as, as you know, I, I think there's a lot happening on the, on the European scene right now. It's maturing really, really, really fast. And mm-hmm. so, so uh, but, 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 but sure, there's still uh, some different uh, difference, uh, that's for sure. But yeah, it's, it's amazing to hear that, you know, European scene is really starting to catch up. Yeah, you know, it's been so exciting to follow for the last five to seven years, and and then you know, even more exciting now, looking into the current market situation with the with the mm-hmm. with the sort of yeah inflation and the recession that we are that we're currently experiencing. Like, how is the the market going to 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 adjust? That's going to be super interesting to to, to follow over the next couple of years. Okay, Soren, we're almost done with our time. So I have just two additional questions for you. Uh, the first one would be, what kind of advice would you give to young startup owners who are just looking to start their companies or to launch their products onto the market? Mm-hmm. Start. I think that's that's essentially it. I, I think I meet with a lot of young mm-hmm. young founders that simply overthink it, right? I am all about mm-hmm. you know doing your, your market research uh, uh, probably, but there's only so much you can research. Uh, right, I think you essentially just got to start building. I'm not saying that I have a blueprint for how you should do it, but I can just sort of uh, go back to how how me and Christian went about it. You know, we found the team first, mm-hmm. then we essentially looked at okay, what complementary skills do we have? 
what is something that we are excited about yeah. and what does the market actually need right now. And then from there on, you know, that took us two uh, companies that we only worked on for two to three months before we ended up founding Teamwork. Mm-hmm. So it's just about going out there and just do it, right? And then you learn as you then you learn as you go, right? You will eventually pivot in one way or the other, and then of course you hear these. Uh, success stories where someone just got it right uh, straight out of the gate but that's uh, you know that's not always the case right so so i think my primary yeah. advice yeah. would be to just start to start building and then see if it still sticks with you personally does it still motivate you do you hit any blockers that essentially makes this impossible right and uh, or do you just mm-hmm. reach blockers which you will that are super challenging but can't be solved by either you know doing um, x or or, or y uh, so i think that would be my uh, my uh, my my primary at, uh, at, at advice yeah because a, a, a lot of people have ideas but don't act upon them and if you don't act you really don't know if it's a good idea something that someone will want to buy something that someone mm-hmm. will want to invest in or if it's a you know flop exactly. only when you start doing it you start building it then you'll know and i mean you're not going to waste five years of your time building that. No, you're going to be extremely fast. You're going to do it in a couple of months, test it out. If it works, great. Let's, you know, go to the next step. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Let's start something else. Exactly right. And I think you're hitting it on, on the nail right there. I think we've, we've talked about this so much in the in the community, you know, that there's no actual value in an idea. Mm-hmm. It's all about execution, right? That's kind of what we keep yep. hearing yet yep. when you meet young founders they're like they have this great idea you can't tell it to anyone i think it's going to change the world uh, and then <laughs> you, you hear from them again uh, nine months later and they're still thinking about this idea and uh, you know so so i think there's something about this idea, yeah. uh, start uh, uh, stop over romanticizing the idea and, and 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 just start building and then uh, then see if it if it holds start, start water and then, it, uh, yeah. and then and then go from there soren last question what can we expect from you and Teamway during this year and the next? What are some of the steps that you're going to take? What are some of the goals that you wish to achieve? Yeah, you can expect for us to introduce a completely new model for how work gets done. Essentially, that's what we are bu- bu- working on right now with the tokenization of the network. The first sort of sneak peek is the launch of the um, of the white paper and the and the tokenomics in in mid mm-hmm. uh, to late. August, right, and then we, we 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 go from there, right? Start building with the with the with the community. That's the over sort of arching uh, vision that we are that we are mm-hmm. that we are pursuing. You know, building that new model for for how work gets done. One where we have aligned incentives. One where you actually own the network that you contribute to. That's what we're bringing to the to the to the market and something we are we're truly excited about. We have the team to actually execute on it. We have the extended team to execute on it. We have customers on board that believes in the vision, and the community is is, is all working um, towards this shared vision. So, so this is uh, this is really what you can expect from 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 Teamway Teamway over the next uh, year or so. Excellent, excellent. I love to hear that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you grow. It's going to be an amazing time. Thanks, thanks a lot, and uh, yeah, thanks for, for for having me. Yeah, it was a massive pleasure to have you on the podcast and for sharing all of this great insights about your company, about your industry, and of course, about building successful startups. Of course, it was a pleasure to to take part. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And we are done. But before you sign off, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done that already, so you'll get notified when we publish new episodes. And leave us a review if you enjoyed this podcast and you learned something new. It'll be highly appreciated. And that's it. I'm Dorian. You've been listening to Highway to Scale. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you.